Well, this is Trice Talk for Friday night, October the 29th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. Trice Talk is a podcast where conservative viewpoints and patriotism are the standard. However, we constantly strive to understand differing viewpoints as long as they don't infringe on Americans' fundamental rights and freedoms. So got that out of the way, but thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, it's Friday night. Uh, you're probably not listening to this on a Friday night since it's not a live show, but at least that's the mood I'm in. It's, it's a Friday night. I should have played a Friday night song, shouldn't I? Uh, golly, there's all kinds of songs to play for Friday lead-ins. But anyway, um, I... Um, got a couple of things that I want to share with you towards the end of the show tonight. Uh, so if you, you know, if you don't listen to the whole show, uh, try, you know, uh, fast forwarding down to the last 10 minutes of the show. Cause I have some things to share with you before I close the show tonight. Um, so Halloween is in two days. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. So one of the stories that I'm going to be talking about tonight is that the CDC says that trick-or-treating will be more normal this year. Oh, thank God for that, right? That CDC has given us the blessing to have a more normal Halloween this year. Uh, another subject to be talking about tonight is rising consumer prices. Uh, you probably don't need me to talk about that and remind you how expensive things are getting but I'm going to share a segment of that with you anyway. Uh, also, I'm going to pose this question to you. Are you worrying about the possibility of Kamala Harris becoming president? And if you are, you should be. <laughs> and then the last thing um, is a topic. And actually I, I had this one on here because I thought I was going to have a co-host tonight and I don't. So, but I'll just throw the question out there anyway. Would you support Trump running for president again in 2024? Uh, I think that's an important question and it certainly gets tossed around. And if you, if you watch, if you pay attention to at least Fox news, You'll see that that subject gets tossed any chance they get towards Donald Trump if, uh, or, or um, Donald Jr., anybody, Eric Trump, anybody that's on Fox, they say, is your dad going to run again in 2024? Uh, and then if you watch the other, the other news media in this country, then they seem to be obsessed still with Donald Trump. They seem to be scared to death that he's going to be running again. In fact, they played a montage on, uh, I think it was Tucker Carlson tonight. It could have been a different spot, but that um, <laughs> all these different shows talking about Donald Trump and still bad-mouthing him and still uh, talking about him like he's evil and it'd be the destruction of our country. Uh, sorry, folks, uh, you've already got a fool up there in the, White House right now that is trying his best to destroy America, at least as we know it. You know, and, and that brings up a, a point. Every time um, Democrats talk about all this money that they want to spend, if you listen closely, especially if they're legislators that are for, for that all that trillions of dollars they're wanting to spend, they always end it with say, this will fundamentally change America. Who in the hell gave you permission to fundamentally change America? Anyway, um, I saw one idiot on there today also said something about, uh, well, the fact that Joe Biden won and he won so overwhelmingly, uh, the majority of Americans support all this money that we're trying to pass in, in this legislation. Really? Uh, I would challenge you to go out there and poll these people, I beg your pardon, and see if that's really true. Just because you got your dumbasses put voted into office by somehow, some means, doesn't mean 
all of those people that put you there support that garbage that you people are trying to put into that uh, reconciliation bill, like the $450,000 for every uh, illegal migrant, I'll use their term, that uh, was affected by, emotionally affected by Trump when they were separated from families, uh, their families uh, during Trump's presidency. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that tonight, really, because that's going to take a whole lot more time. But these are the things these people are saying. So, yes, a lot of Republicans want Donald Trump to run again. The question is, how many of the people would support Donald Trump running again? So those are the subjects for tonight. And... um, (laughs) So, you know, hang on. Let's let's get started with the first little item here on the list. And I, I'm sure a lot of parents and kids as well are excited about uh, the CDC's Dr. Rochelle Walensky's position on celebrating Halloween this year. Um, although, uh, based on a lot of the stories I read, a lot of people, well, it may have stopped a lot of trick-or-treating, but there were still a lot of people that partied last year during Halloween. Um, so I have a clip here and let me, I, I think it's in this one. I don't hope I didn't. Uh, I hope I didn't. All right. I didn't erase it. I thought I might've erased it today. I'm, I'm just going to play a short clip of Rochelle Walensky uh, giving us the good news on um she was on the um, weekend, uh, CBS's Face the Nation this past weekend, and she responds to the host about the outlook for Halloween. This dadgum thing here wants to keep running on me. All right, let me play this little clip. Just very quickly before I let you <laughs> Well, okay. Just very quickly before I let you go, should kids go trick-or-treating on Halloween? Is it safe? Oh, gosh, I certainly hope so. If you're able to be outdoors, absolutely limit crowds. I wouldn't necessarily do, go to a crowded um, uh, crowded Halloween yeah. party, but I think that we should um, be able to let our kids go trick-or-treating um, in small groups, and, um, and, and I hope that we can do that this year. Before I go, if you're not vaccinated, please get vaccinated. If you're eligible for a boost, go get your boost. Just very quickly before. All right. I I don't know if the answer, I certainly hope so, is a really encouraging answer for the Dr. Walensky to give to the question about it being safe going out for Halloween this year. I mean, um, although she did kind of do a little bit better with her follow-up statement saying, if you're able to be outdoors, absolutely it's safe to do Halloween this year. So I, I guess we have to take that as a positive, right? Um, but she did follow up with something else saying, uh, I wouldn't necessarily go to a crowded Halloween party, but I think that we should be able to let our kids go trick-or-treating in small groups. I hope we can do this this year. Um, I guess she's covering her butt on this, right? Because if if she stepped out there and said, oh, yeah, it's perfectly safe as long as everybody's vaccinated, go on out there and have a good old time. And then, you know, a a large number of people get sick, possibly, and then they would be pointing fingers at her and saying, it's your fault because you told us it was okay. I mean, you know, let's face it. We have... In this country, we have a large number of people that want to blame everybody in the world for things that go wrong in their life, except for their own behavior. So, you know, they're always looking for a scapegoat. So she doesn't want to be anybody's scapegoat. Not that I'm defending her because, you know, I'm I'm not exactly excited about the way the CDC has handled this thing in the last uh, 18 months. But anyway, we'll move on. With We're talking about Halloween, right? Uh, according to the articles that I've read, a lot of people said ha- still had large Halloween parties last year. Uh, there was one particular one that I read about that was in uh, Utah, I believe, 
And this was last year when they were, you know, people were just strictly told, do not gather in large groups. And supposedly there was a party, I think, golly, I want to, I hate to throw out a name of a city because I really don't remember, but it seemed like it was Provo, Provo, Utah or something like that. But there was reportedly anywhere between two and 10,000 people at this particular Halloween party. Um, so, you know, last year, remember they encouraged us to celebrate the holidays virtually. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but, uh, I just, I don't know that the candy and, and, and the drinking and all that stuff would be quite the same if you're trying to do it all virtually. Have you ever tried to eat a Reese's peanut butter cup that somebody gave you virtually? Uh, we're not quite there yet, but you know, I will say, and I agree with some experts that are saying right now, don't, first of all, uh, parents don't make, or adults don't make homemade treats to give out to kids for trick-or-treating. Uh, no popcorn balls, no brownies, especially no special brownies, uh, you know, candied apples, that kind of stuff, which i you know, in my time, when I used to go trick-or-treating, you would not believe the stuff that people would make to give kids. And, of course, there wasn't the variety of candy back then than there was to, there is today. So that may have been part of the reason. But I think people just, you know, back in the 60s just, you know, were more excited about doing homemade stuff for Halloween. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's really amazing how many people pushed back last year about not doing Halloween? It's, it's an important time, important event of the year for a lot of people and not just kids. Adults love to have an excuse to dress up in freaky costumes and get drunk and go out and, 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 uh, you know, try to make each other guess who's behind that mask. Uh, adults also like to do, uh, haunted houses you know, um, around the Halloween time. I don't know if there's been any, been any this year. I haven't read about anything actually in the Atlanta area, but you know, that's a big thing. People like to do that. So Halloween, golly, it's, it's right up there with holidays. Uh, even though you don't, it's not an official holiday. You can't take time off from work for it, but, um, you know, it's a biggie. All right. So if you, if you of the mind to do so, go out and enjoy Halloween this year. And if you've had your shots and, and like Dr. Walensky said, um, you know, if you have, if you're able to get that booster, if you're, if you're, um, eligible, she said, get the booster, go ahead and get that, which I will say I have, I am not an anti-vaxxer, but I am an anti-mandate vaxxer, at least at this point in my life. Okay, so the second item on the agenda for tonight is I want to talk about the rising consumer prices in this country. And, of course, just about everyone that has any amount of driving to do in the country is upset in the rise of the cost of gasoline in, uh, well, in, in recent months. I mean, it started rising back in uh, February and March, but it really got worse over the summer. I mean, it has risen an average of over, I'd say, a dollar thirty-five uh, for us in the outskirts of the Atlanta area here in Georgia um, since Joe Biden took office in in late January. I mean, I took a picture of the price of gas. Um, January, golly, I want to say the third or fifth or eighth or somewhere around there, very early on in the year, knowing that Joe Biden was going to be coming in. And we all talked about, all of us conservatives warned the country, Joe Biden himself, he didn't say it as a warning, but he told us what he was going to do. And then the experts said, that's going to drive up the cost of gasoline in this country, and it's also going to drive up the cost of any petroleum-related products. And lo and behold, it has. So uh, I took a picture 
uh, I was at a, a BP gas station in Dallas, Georgia, and I took a picture of the sign for that very purpose. So on January the 1st of next year, I'm going to take, or whenever, the matching date, I'm going to take another picture of the same sign so I can compare them and see how bad this this man has just messed up the cost of gasoline in this country. Uh, I saw a funny tweet just a few days ago. Uh, it's of a woman putting gas in her car. I'm going to see if I can uh, find that while I'm, I'm actually talking. I'm usually not very good at doing two things at one time, <laughs> at least successfully, uh, like I am right now. I'm fumbling with that. Um, but anyway, she was, a woman was putting gas in her car and as she looks around the station where she's at, you can't tell what kind of station it is, uh, what brand I should say. It's a gas station. I said that, but, uh, so she was looking around other people doing the same thing. And of course she has a mask on, but she kind of shouts out what, uh, you know, what she's wanting to say. And uh, you can pretty much hear. Um, I'm looking for it here. Let's see. I think I passed it. I, you know, anytime you're trying to, ah, here she is. <laughs> you may have seen it. It was posted by somebody. I don't know. It looks like Eagles and Jordan J O R D Y N on Twitter. It's posted on 1020 it says me at the gas pumps today. $72 to fill my tank. I don't know. It doesn't look like she's driving anything with a large fuel tank. Anyway, let me just play this quick clip of her. Uh, I, I warn you, it may be louder than I intend for it to be because she's shouting. Let me see. All right. For Joe Biden, your bitches owe me some gas money. If you voted for Joe Biden, your bitches owe me some gas money. <laughs> Did you understand that? I believe what she said was, if you voted for Joe Biden, you bitches owe me some gas money. And she's putting her, put her, putting her hand up to her mouth as she's shouting. Uh, and then she points at herself when she says, you bitches owe me some money. Um, you know, if I did something like that here where I live and, and I live in a, it used to be a fairly red area. I think, uh, our County is, is, is trending blue or it did in the last election, but that was probably all those never Trumpers or tra Trump haters. But, uh, if I did something like that in this area and yell that out to a bunch of people, probably everybody there at that time would be, would have been somebody or would be somebody that voted for Joe Biden and I would get attacked and they would probably, you know, bang up my car. So, uh, she doesn't really look that mean. She's not, a you know, uh, a, um, doesn't look like an overpowering person. She looks fairly calm, although she does have, uh, some, aggravation in her voice. So, um, and obviously somebody else is filming this, probably her boyfriend, husband, or one of her kids or something like that. I'm not sure. They probably talked about it before they went to the station, but I, I understand the feeling every time I go put, I, it, it costs me. And I, I've said this a few times on, on the show, it costs me now about 25, $27 more to fill up my my, uh, smaller vehicle, my, uh, my Explorer than it used to, I, my truck, which has a larger gas tank, uh, it costs me nearly $80 to fill up that vehicle. Now, if I let it go all the way down, which I won't anymore because it's too, <laughs> it's too depressing when I have to spend, when I see that pump register $80. So we know the gas prices have gone up and we knew they would. So we were warned about that, but I think some of this other stuff, uh, became a surprise to us. So there's a lot more other things that have escalated in price. And, uh, that's even if 
they have any of what you want in the store at all. I mean, it certainly is better than it was last year at, at, at the height of the pandemic where, you know, just a lot of things when we started shutting down that, you know, couldn't find like toilet paper and, and, and meat and cereals. And there was just the store shelves were fairly bare. Uh, there's a lot of gaps now again. Uh, and some stores have started restricting certain items again, like toilet paper and paper towels and that kind of stuff. But now it's a supply problem more than it is, they say, than it is, you know, people not uh, producing enough stuff or there's such a demand, you know, that they can't keep up with it. They just can't get it to the store, according to the experts. Uh, I looked at an article in the Epic Times by Jack Phillips, a labor department. Uh, he, he shares a labor department report, I should say, uh, on the consumer price index that um, I came, I guess it came out late. Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, actually, I think it was, I think it was two, two weeks ago. Uh, it says that because the, um, I think the physical year in for the federal government is the end of September, I believe. So the year over year price increases, according to the labor department, uh, increased 5.4% which is the largest yearly increase since January of 1991. Uh, Labor Department released about a week ago the breakdown on how much prices have increased for certain key services and goods, which including gas, food prices, electricity, and used cars. Um, I'm going to share some of the bigger items with you. I, I may not share all these, although there's only about 15, I think. Of course, gas we just talked about, but that's up 42.1%. We're almost 50% higher in gasoline, and we probably are approaching that now since it's been a few weeks since the report came out. Um, meats, poultry, fish, and eggs are up 10.5%. Propane, kerosene, and firewood are up 27.6%. Um, I can understand the propane and kerosene firewood. I don't know, unless people are taking advantage of it because more people now are going to be burning firewood to stay warm rather than, uh, fuel oil, uh, fuel oil is up 42.6%. Electricity costs are up 5.2%. Peanut butter. I mean, come on. Peanut butter is up 6.2%. Um, I haven't had to buy any peanut peanut butter in a while because I usually get it at Costco or we get it at Costco. And, uh, you, you know, if you've ever shopped at Costco or one of those food warehouse places, you know, that they're great prices for the most part on just about everything that you buy, but a lot of things you have to buy in bulk. That's the downside. So if you're, if you're a, a single couple, you're a childless couple, you don't have any kids at home, it's just the two of you. Sometimes, you know, buying, I mean, if you buy stuff at Costco, you could probably eat for six months uh, without having to go back to the store, except for just, you know, uh, the quickly perishable things like milk and and uh, eggs and stuff like that. But anyway, peanut butter is up 6.2%. Oh my gosh. Coffee up 4%. That's probably going to piss a lot of people off bacon and similar products. What the hell does that mean? Similar products. Uh, are we talking about meat? I mean, we talked about meat up there at the other category, the poultry, fish and eggs. So I'm not sure bacon and similar products, maybe ham. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, they're up 19.3% uncooked beef steaks. I guess those kind that you buy those, those mail order places, you know, that, uh, what is it? Omaha steaks or whatever that you can buy online. They send you, you know, months worth of steaks. That's up 22.1% furniture, which, you know, we don't need any furniture anyway. It's up 11.2%. That's probably because of materials, wood and cotton and stuff like that. Used cars and trucks. Now that's been in the news for quite some time. They're up 24.4%. Uh, there's a lot of places 
that are begging people to trade in their cars so they can have more used cars to sell because they can sell them at such a premium. Rental cars are up 42.9%. Why is that? Unless it's the cost of buying the new cars, I'm not quite sure. You're paying for the gasoline anyway. Maybe the maintenance cost on them is up higher. Uh, Well, it does say here motor vehicle maintenance and repair is up 4.0%. Footwear is up 6.5%. Better hurry up and go out there and buy your shoes if you want some new shoes. Um, Postage delivery services up 3.2%. Haircuts and other personal care services are up 5%. So I guess that's for the spas, you know, the treatments that you go to. Um, I don't know. Sporting goods up 7.5%. Appliances up 7.1%. Restaurant prices up 4.7%. Some of that may be due to the fact that um, the uh, wage, the federal minimum wage increase that uh, was forced on everybody and um and then fact that restaurants are having to pay people more just to get somebody to work that may be a larger part than just the uh minimum wage and then finally on the list rent is up 2.9%. So depending on what the base is on your rent you know that may not be all that much. But the article says that Some economists, including those at the Federal Reserve, have stressed that the current inflation surge is transitory. Prices have continued to rise, but they're transitory, according to the Federal Reserve, or some people at the Federal Reserve. Uh, The Labor Department data shows that wages only increased by 4.6% compared to the previous year, meaning that inflation is outpacing wage growth. So if you got, if you got a raise or if you got one of those jobs where you're paying, you know, three or $4 more an hour than, uh, than you would have a year ago, guess what? It's all going to pay for the increases in the prices of everything that you need to sustain yourself. Probably gasoline alone would wipe out many people's, any kind of a raise they may have gotten this year. Um, but, you know, that's something we've talked about a lot on Tristock over the past year is, you know, if you drive the cost of everything up, Uh, the cost of of people doing business like wages, insurance, medical expenses, and so forth, more time off for people, then you're going to drive up the cost of business. And so the very increases that you get are going to be sucked up by the goods and services that you need to survive. When you go somewhere else, you know, you work at a restaurant, you got to raise whoopee. Oh, but your gasoline cost has gone up. Your groceries have gone up. Your rent's gone up. Your shoes have gone up. Um, just about everything that you buy in food has gone up. So, so much for that raise you got, right? And that's the way the market works many times in this country. Um. So the Democrats push to raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, and then the Biden folks come in and exacerbate an already delicate economy. So what the above number shows is that the increase in prices of goods and services negates much, if not all, of the gains made by anyone that got that $15 an hour raise. I'm Still going with the article here. Of course, some of the experts say that there are multiple factors at play. Trying to deflect any of the blame on the Biden administration's performance since taking office in late January. You know, they're going to do their darndest to protect that man and uh, his administration. And it's all, you know, even when they have an opportunity, these people blame this stuff on Donald Trump. 
Been out of office for 10 months, folks. The supply and demand issues, the energy shortages in Asia, the Pacific, and Europe, as well as lingering COVID concerns, along with vaccine mandates, which is causing a lot of people to walk off their jobs, are the main problems, according to many experts. I guess those same experts don't recognize the effects of Biden crippling energy dependence with his actions and the looming effects of illegal immigration as having anything to do with our current problems. We know they're not going to admit that, right? All right. So, I, like I said, I, I probably didn't need to tell you <laughs> that everything was going up, but it's going up. All right. The third thing we have here, and um, I'm, I'm looking over here at the other screen, seeing... If I have this, whoops, no, yep, yep, there it was, dadgummit, I lost it, it was my, it was my article on um, Kamala Harris, well, okay, let's see if I've got enough here, yeah, I guess I do, okay, all right, I don't need it, Um, it was an article published in The Hill by Liz Peek that um and she's an opinion contributor they always like to say opinion contributor meaning they don't normally work for us or anything that they you know we pay them probably by the job or by the article um and uh their opinions are their own and not necessarily those of the hill same way with tries talk sometimes we'll share articles with you that uh are not necessarily the our opinions here at Trice Talk. So the third item is, should we be concerned about the possibility of Kamala Harris becoming president as Joe Biden falters in his performance and job ratings? <laughs> uh, so in this article published by Liz Peake in The Hill, titled, Kamala Harris is Crashing, but that doesn't mean she will never occupy the Oval Office. So Peake makes a prediction in this article that Kamala Harris will never be elected president. But that doesn't mean she will never occupy the Oval Office, right? The VP's ratings are slumping and worse. She is taking the fall for President Biden's foolish reversal of President Trump's migrant policies. Back in July, Politico wrote a critical piece about Kamala based on interviews with 22 current and former vice presidential aides, not hers, of course, and administration officials, associates of Harris and Biden that signal a White House at war with itself. It also painted Harris as an unpopular and incapable public figure has long presided over an abusive office environment. Uh, you, you probably remember back in the summer when there was articles that came out about people saying that uh, Harris is very difficult to work for, very demanding, very abusive. And, you know, I don't know if they ever, uh, if that was proven, uh, that was just what was being printed in articles. I don't really remember any specifics in those articles at that time. But, you know, Democrats should have been able to figure all this out about Kamala Harris before they chose her to run with Biden. The woman didn't even garner enough support in, of her own when, from her own state when she was running in last year's primary as a presidential candidate. She dropped out because she didn't have enough support to continue running. Is that insane? I mean, Donald Trump didn't pick any one of the losing Republican presidential candidates back in 2016 to be his running mate. He picked Mike Pence. I don't know if it's from a lottery or wherever it came from. I don't remember the story, how he ended up with Mike Pence, but I'm sure like in most situations, you know, the, the vice, vice presidential, vice presidential, candidates or vice presidential picks are 
usually people who they consider to be helpful in uh, gain, uh, getting votes, you know, in the uh, in the main election and the big event. But what were the Democrats thinking? <laughs> That's an easy one. They weren't thinking. Yet Harris's defenders argue that she's been given an impossible portfolio. They argue that she doesn't have the experience dealing with migration issues to be effective with border concerns. Well, neither did Donald Trump. He was a businessman. Do you think he really had a lot of experience dealing with the southern border issues or, or even the northern border, any border issues? Yet it didn't take him long to figure out what needed to be done, and he started doing it. He knew before he was elected what he wanted to do about the border. He promised to build the wall. And yes, people like to look back and say he told everybody that Mexico was going to pay for the wall. I knew when he said that, I wished he hadn't been putting it, phrasing it that way back at the time when he was running. Um, but I really don't care about that. I didn't care about Mexico building it back then when he said he'd get, we'd get Mexico to build it. I think the United States should be building it. I think the American taxpayers, if you're going to use our money for something, use it for something that's going to benefit the American people in this country. And even though Democrats and liberals do not want to accept the fact that the border wall is beneficial to all of us in this country, except those who want to overrun the country with future Democrat voters, at least in their mind, they think. But anyway, that excuse about she didn't have any experience with it, neither did Donald Trump. And if you want to really get right down to it, neither does Joe Biden. He doesn't. He doesn't. Um, so, you know, they, they gave Kamala Harris that, I think it was just, a it was just for show knowing that Joe wasn't going to go down to the border and handle crap. They shoved it on Kamala. Some people say, well, he gave it to Kamala Harris, uh, to sabotage her, uh, to keep her in her place, if you will, not to keep her from gaining too much popularity don't give her anything that she can actually do where she might look better than joe biden but he didn't have a problem with that because she was useless other than spending the money going down to central america which as far as i can tell was a waste of time looking for the root causes of illegal migration. Do you really need to study that anymore after, oh, let's say, hell, let's just run out there. 50 years, you still don't know we got to study what's wrong with illegal immigration in this country? Yeah. These are people you put in office, folks. These are people that some people in this country voted for. This is the kind of thinking that has put us where we are today with this border situation. They have, they're smart enough to know what to do. They just don't have the will or, or the desire to do it, or it does not benefit their overall agenda to do anything about the border. You don't think we couldn't have fixed it in 50 years? You don't think they know why the people are coming here? Illegally? Yeah. Well, if you if you believe that, then you definitely were somebody that voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. If if Biden is able to hang in there for let's say his entire 4 years, which he's only got a little over three left to go, folks. And Kamala decides to run 
Some believe that she will have a lot of baggage by then. Are you serious? She's got a lot of baggage now. She came into the office with a lot of baggage. I mean, she's failed at the border. She's failed to have an appreciable impact on the vaccine rollout, which was, which failed to meet Biden's target date. I mean, I don't know why they put her in with that either. I mean, she doesn't have the personality to sell anything. So what they expected her to do there, I'm not quite sure. And her frequent wearing of a mask and consistent cackling made Hillary Clinton's unnerving laugh almost seem normal. And I said, almost seem normal. Why does she jet around the country everywhere she goes and she's wearing a mask most of the time when I'm sure she's probably one of the most, you know, one of uh, the group of most vaccinated people in the country. So why do you need that mask? Harris's poll numbers are in the negative range and sinking. I didn't find the exact numbers here uh, in time for the show. But so were Joe Biden's. I believe what I saw yesterday was Joe Biden was down around 43%, something like that. <laughs> is is it possible that Joe Biden could sink in the ratings and, and fall below Kamala Harris? I mean, Biden is definitely struggling, but he might, you know, maybe with the right drugs and therapeutics and massages and whatever they need to do to him. Uh, Maybe he needs to get some, start taking focus factor and do that, those vitamin things and vitamins and fruits and vitamins that come in the, uh, a balance of nature. Maybe they should give him balance of nature. Hey, I just gave two uh, product shout outs here on the show. I'm sure that won't bring me any money though. Um, but he's struggling, but he may hang in there. Uh, but then I've heard this tossed out there. If, the Democrats take big hits in next year's midterm elections. They may decide it's time to ask Joe Biden to step down for the sake of the party. I kind of lean into the microphone like Joe does, you know, and, and, and whatever that weird whisper he does, like, is he really think you're getting people's attention because you're scaring people. They're trying to figure out what the hell you're doing. But if they do that, and I'm sure one of the deterrents of, of ousting Joe Biden is that then they would have to deal with cackling Kamala. She would become the president. And she might not be as easy to push around as Joe Biden is. I'm just guessing. I don't know anything for a fact. So making Kamala Harris the president might not work out so well for the Democrats either. I mean, if you really think about it, folks, I mean, there's a lot of smart people in government. Okay. They're smarter than the act. They're smarter. They're smart enough to pull the wool over the American people's eyes year after year after year and keep telling us they're going to make things better for us. And if we just give them more money, we, we vote them back in office and year after year, we get the same old crap. That was the way it was until Donald Trump became president, which leads me to my last topic here tonight. Would you vote for Donald Trump if he ran again in 2024? Now I have no way for you to answer that with me since we're not doing a live show. But I pose that question to you when you listen to this. And if you would like to answer that question, uh, then you can send me an email, which I'll tell you how to do here uh, as I close the show. But would you vote for Donald Trump if he ran again in 2024? There's a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of uh, I've seen people on Facebook even, and a lot of people on, uh, that you see on Fox that say definitely. I would vote for Donald Trump again in 2024 if he ran. A lot of people are wanting him to run again. And I'll tell you, folks, um, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Only because, not because I wouldn't want him to be president again, not because 
uh, I, I didn't believe that he did a far superior job in, and look at it, look, look at the positive things. If you're, if you're a realist, if you're an honest person who will just cut through all the bullshit and, and quit thinking about the things that you don't like about Donald Trump. And you look at the positive things in the economy that happened under his time in office until we got to the pandemic and then it became a free for all and Donald Trump accomplished what he did and the economy was so good when it was with him and he was fought by his own party for four years and, and vehemently fought against by the Democrats for the entire four years. They even got started before he got elected. And twice, uh, you know, two impeachments. I mean, every distraction in the world that would have ruined many of the, the people that got elected to that office, Donald Trump didn't give one flying, you know what, didn't care. He was there to do what he told his voters and the American people he was going to do. Was he a perfect person? Was he brash? Was he insulting? Uh, did he do goofy ass tweets? Yes. But when the sun goes down and the day is done and everything's quiet, then the only thing that should matter is the things that were accomplished the things that made life better in this country. Not all the noise, not all the, the, the negatives about his personality and, you know, him calling people names and he, he's, he make rude remarks from time to time. I think he got better. Didn't get better with the tweets, but he got better with, well, in, until they finally shut him down, but he did get better with the rude remarks. I mean, if, if you've, if you've been in the business world, any number of years and believe it or not, I was for a long time before I became self-employed, I've met a lot of shrewd business people in my lifetime that had personalities similar to, or worse than Donald Trump, but they were successful and they got things done and they ran successful businesses. And let me tell you this, in my opinion, running this country is a business, but you also have to have a heart about it as well, but it is a business. It needs to be run like a business instead of your own personal bank account, like the Democrats want to do now. They think they have the opportunity to do that. So would you vote for him? Um, I'm on the fence because I worry about going through another four years like we did, because we know what the Democrats will do the entire time if he were to be reelected. Now, hopefully some of those fools will be some of those Democrat fools will be outed, you know, pushed out of office by the time, if, and when the 2024 election comes around. Uh, also, I feel the same way about a lot of Republicans like Mitt Romney. I hope a bunch of those people are pushed out of office, voted out of office before the 2024 elections come around, but I'm concerned because we could have done so much more in this country, so much more good could have been done if the Republicans had done their job the first two years and not joined in with some of the Democrats in being critical and opposing things that Donald Trump was trying to do, which, you know, overwhelmingly the American people wanted done. Sorry about that little ring there. Um, so I'm concerned. 
I'm concerned about going through that same four years again. My heart and my mind tells me, yes, I would love to see him go back in, be reelected for another four years and continue doing what he did before. Maybe a little softer, maybe less tweets or maybe no tweets at all. But regardless, with that same bull in the china shop, I don't care what you think of me and I'm not worried about my political future. I'm here to do the things that these people told me they wanted done when they elected me for this office. So for that, I would love to see him get reelected, but there's conditions to that. There's conditions and who we get in Congress in the Republican side that is going to be more apt to work with someone like Donald Trump if he gets reelected. So we need more than just the one man because yes, he did a lot and he, but he was resisted all the way and we need to get other people in there to support him on the Republican conservative side for it to be an effective four more years. Of course, depending on how things go with this um, reconciliation bill, I mean, it may take us a year or two to straighten things out when Republicans take back over, which don't fool yourself. Their Democrats are trying very hard to see that that never happens again. A lot of the stuff that's in this reconciliation bill is designed to keep them in power. If you don't believe that, folks, look at the bill. Look at the bill. Look at the border. Look at amnesty. Look at $450,000 payments to illegal migrants. I still want to say aliens, but illegal migrants. They want to pay people for breaking the law because they said, you know, uh, this group of people was mistreated under the Trump administration, the way things were handled at the border. Bullshit. You shouldn't have been here in the first place. And then American taxpayers have no business having to fund something like that. And you wouldn't have to worry about that with Donald Trump or a person like Donald Trump. I, 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 I've even said I would love for somebody with the personality, with the determination and, and, and the knowledge and um, the drive, the stamina to do what Donald Trump did. But just a little bit, I don't know. I, I don't know. Something tempered in there just a little bit just to make it harder for his enemies to pick on his personality. They're always going to pick on, you know, the, the policies. And, and it's, it's clear to me and in, in watching some of the hearings this week going on in Congress that I, I don't see any way in hell that the, the Democrats and the Republicans are getting further and further apart. And, you know, you talk about wanting to unite people in this country. It's going to be hard to do that when you have a group of people that think that the federal government should pay for just about everything in everybody's lives, their entire life. And then you have people like myself and conservatives, Republicans supposed to be, that say, no, it should be minimal government influence in people's lives. Yes, there's certain things you want to do to help certain people on a limited basis, unless there's extenuating circumstances, but not the entire freaking country, not for your entire freaking life. So how are you ever going to get those two groups together? Because the federal government is not funding these things, folks. You're funding these things. Every time you get a paycheck and they take out 50, 75, 100, 200, 300, 400 dollars, how much ever how much ever you make, that money 
a good portion of it is going to pay all this crap that they've created and that they want to continue creating. They want to have the ability to spend money that you work your ass off for in most cases. So finding a way to get people on the left and the right together is going to be very difficult as long as there's that kind of mindset on the Democrat side of the coin. I don't see it. But the philosophies are too different. The philosophies philosophies of, well, this fair share crap that they like to keep. You know, I hate that when they say pay your fair share. So, Joe Biden, why, why do I have to pay a fair share of somebody else's child care? Nobody ever paid anything for my child care. And there were times in my life uh, early on, child care was very difficult for me to afford in the money that I was making. And it was very difficult for me to manage getting back and forth to get my child at daycare. It was a struggle. But I don't expect other people. I didn't expect it then. I wouldn't expect it now if I still had kids in daycare that other people should have to work a portion of their life to pay for my child care. That's not the government's role. People should only have kids that they can afford to take care of. You shouldn't have kids until you're able to take care of them, in my opinion. I didn't. But it was still hard to take care of them because there was times in my life I didn't make all that much money. People exceed their means, and then they, the government says, we'll help you out. You're not, the government's not helping you out. People are working extra hours. You're taking part of their life away from them to, to help subsidize yours. Tell me the justice in that. Tell me how that's right. Except in certain situations. Now, this 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 free stuff, I don't know how it's ever going to get. I, I just, I don't see how you're ever going to get two sides together. I don't know where it goes. I don't know where it goes. And I, I think the last five years have, have shown us a grim picture of the country. I do not think it's gloom and doom. I think there's certainly a possibility that we can change that direction, change that momentum. It really depends on what happens in 2022. It depends on what keeps happening now with all the people that are pushing back against the craziness that's going on in this country now. With all of that, we're still the greatest country in the world. Can you imagine that? With all of our faults, even when we had worse faults in this country. I mean, folks, we've had bad times in this country. And not just slavery, which itself was bad times. There's been other things occurred in this country over the years that have been bad times. And we've always come through on the other side much better off than we were before. But that's when people used to be proud to be American. People strived to make this a better country. People loved the idea of American being an American and being free and having choices. And they strive for that. They strive to make it better. But there's more and more people now on the other side that want to drag it down. Drag it down to the point where we have government telling us everything that we can and can't do. We have government, you know, 
shelling out meager amounts of money to us, you know, there it's big time now because they're trying to draw people into that way of life. But I guarantee you folks, if you listen to the, the, the experts on the right, that is not sustainable. That is not sustainable. And if you ever fully get the country into the mess that the Democrats want to get it into, you're not going to be happy with the results. Those of you that have to put up with it. All right. So if you'd like to um, uh, email me and tell me whether you'd vote for Donald Trump or not, I would love to hear that. And if you want to take the time to give me a reason for or against, I would love to hear that as well. In fact, I still have copies of uh, Mark Levin's new book, American Marxism. Uh, if you'll send me an email, out of the, I'll, I'll choose one out of the ones that I receive and um, the one that I like the best. And it doesn't mean you have to say you're for Donald Trump. If you can give me a good reason why you'd vote against Donald Trump, you might still get a copy of the book. But send me that email and we'll just see. Uh, I, I want to thank you for listening tonight. Uh, I know I've been absent. Uh, haven't done as many shows here recently. There's a lot going on. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I, things are about to change. And uh, I'm going to share more of that with you here in just a minute. But please, if you if you like what you heard tonight, any of the subjects that I talk about, please be sure to hit that follow button on whatever media you're listening to, to uh, listen to this episode. Uh, also, if you would like to comment on tonight's show, you can email us at tristalk 69 pts at gmail.com. That's T-R-I-C-E-T-A-L-K 69PTS at gmail.com. Um, Actually, uh, let me say this real quickly because I've run a little bit longer than I expected to here. Um, Sunday night is going to be, it's Halloween night, right? So Sunday night is also the last day of the month. Uh, Sunday night's going to be the last episode that originates on Podbeam for Trice Talk. Um, going to be moving to a new um uh, uh, another hosting site um, starting next week. I actually did a test on one last night, um, but I wasn't totally happy with it, so I'm not going to post it. But it was fantastic sound quality, music quality. Uh, actually can do it live, similar to what we do here. Uh, when we do the live shows, but I can also uh, do live video, stream it to some other services as well. So I'll give you a little bit more details about that on Sunday. We'll still continue to post uh, shows on Podbeam. Uh, I'll still keep that account open for a while, at least till the end of the year. And then I'll make a decision in January whether or not I want to continue that because there's a lot of the old episodes here that... Um, you know, probably a lot of people don't go back way back in the archives, but, um, for now, Podbeam, I'm going to keep it as a, a second source for posting the shows. Uh, so those of you that have followed Trice Talk for the last year and a half can still find us, but hopefully you'll be joining, uh, joining me on the new service here as, uh, that change is made. Also, uh, well, I'll share the rest of the news on Sunday night. Like I say, that'll be the swan song on Podbeam as far as actually hosting the show. And I'll give you a few more details for Sunday night. If I can pick up a, ho a co-host for Sunday night, I may actually do the show live. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not a guarantee. So, um, all right, until, uh, until Sunday night. And I uh, hope everybody gets ready for... Halloween and you got your costumes already checked out. No, I don't want to hear you talk again. <laughs> I hit the lady at the gas station 
I was trying to get this set up here and I got that same lady at the gas station. But anyway, I hope everybody's getting set for Halloween and, um, already got your costumes picked out and your candy. Cause I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of people knocking on your door this year. All right. Until next time. <laughs> he just jumped right in there, didn't he? I'm Donald Wayne. And this has been Trice Talk. Stay safe, everybody.